The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, riding solo today. Going to update everybody on the state of college football as it stands right now on Friday, July 17th. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Punt and Pass. Follow me at Drew Butler. It's good to talk to you again. I know we put out a podcast on Monday talking about what has been happening and looking forward towards the fall and what a week it has been on the college football front. Not a lot of really happy, positive news to report. A couple of articles that we're going to break down today that really discuss the dire situation of what it seems like is up in the air considering will or won't there be a 2020 college football season. Let's get into it. Before we do get into it, though, be sure to, again, follow us on social media and get ready because puntandpass.com is going live soon. It will be your one-stop shop for anything and everything regarding college football. We'll have a merchandise store. I'm going to have a blog up there. We'll have videos. We will have links to everywhere that you can listen to the podcast, which is anywhere. So we always appreciate you guys tuning in and being a part of Punt and Pass. Earlier this week, on Twitter, I'm thumbing around. I'm going through my college football list trying to figure out where is good news? Where is something that's going to tell me at least that not everything is terrible in respects to the projection of a season this fall? And I come across a tweet on July 13th by Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports. And get this headline. This is the tweet that he sent out. And I quote, from Pete Thamel, at Pete Thamel. Pessimism in college football has spiraled to fatalism. Time to face the reality. No one is playing college football in the fall. Now, of course, I read the article. I had to dig into it, see exactly what Pete was talking about. And the headline says, no one is playing college football in the fall. Obviously, if you watch the news and your head is not under a rock, you know the situation in our country right now of rising cases of COVID-19. It's everywhere. It's growing. People are getting it. It's getting into younger demographics. Yes, we all know that. Pete says it's time to take a deep breath and begin to get comfortable with the idea that there's virtually no chance of playing college football in any recognizable form this fall. 
Start digesting the notion that the next time we see a college football game could be in more than 13 months as the sport remains the most unlikely of all the major sports to execute a successful return. Consider any semblance of college football prior to week zero of 2021 as a bonus, an improbable gift from the football gods. All right, now let's just start here. And this is what I tweeted out in response to this. This was July 13th this article came out. And I said, why is sports media continuing to push this narrative? I I honestly don't get it. It's all you hear from college football journalists, writers, people who cover the game. Nope, not happening. No college football. No chance. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, Hold on one second. PJ Tour is playing. MLS just started back up. NASCAR is going. They have fans in the stands. Major League Baseball starts next week. Basketball a few days after that. Rookies are reporting to NFL training camps tomorrow, Saturday, July 18th. I think what's happened here, and I've seen this sentiment echoed on social media, and it makes a lot of sense, regardless of where you stand in view of what is happening in the pandemic, amid the pandemic. College football is the only sport that has not said we are continuing onwards. So everybody is got a bullseye on college football to say, no chance. No chance. No chance it's allowed to happen. Why is that? Sports leagues are figuring out ways to continue forward amid what is going on. Will there be rampant testing? Will they be able to isolate a symptomatic or an asymptomatic case? How will they be able to make sure that they have the protocol or the availability to handle maybe 10 players getting it or just separate the one player who's tested positive from the rest of the team, make sure it doesn't spread throughout the team? Those are the things that the officials are trying to figure out. Now, in the article, if you continue reading, you'll notice that there is zero, zero data that would support canceling college football this fall. All Pete talks about is how there are X amount of cases every single day in America. Doesn't talk about the guys on campus working out right now. Doesn't talk about how schools are handling teams being on campus right now, working out, preparing for fall camp to start. It doesn't talk about how there were a few outbreaks when everybody reported back to campus in May. But since then, they've got a pretty decent handle on it as far as I'm concerned and what I read in the media. Keep in mind, football players are currently and have been on campus working out, preparing for the season. It's not like they're all just at home. It's not like they all just did whatever they wanted on 4th of July, and they're just going to do whatever they want for the next two weeks, and everybody's just going to commence back on campus. The football players I'm talking about, the students, yes. Look, I'm not saying there will be fans. I'm not assuming it will be a 12-game as-planned season like I did two weeks ago. There are ways to move forward with college football this fall as other professional sports leagues are showing. 
why is the media shoving the entire cancel the whole damn thing down our throats? I, I don't know. John Kincaid weighed in, host at 680 The Fan here in Atlanta, Georgia, Bucket Kincaid. When I asked that question, why is the media shoving this cancel the whole damn thing down our throats? He said it's simple. They want you and I and us and other reasonable people to react like I'm doing right now. They get clicks. They get a retweet. They get the attention they crave. I just don't see why this panic and fear attention is what they want to spread around. I just don't get it. And you read through the article, it's anonymous athletic directors and unnamed coaches. Am I saying that Pete fabricated sources? Of course not. But what I am saying is that in the article, regardless of what your anonymous athletic director said or your unnamed head coach or unnamed Power 5 coach said, there's no data that would say college football can't happen. Zach, at Zach Cupper BSG on Twitter, he says it perfectly. They have failed trying to cancel every professional sports league, so now they have a leaderless college football in their crosshairs. I agree with that. I think it's obvious. College football does not have a commissioner. NCAA president Mark Emmert does not stand as college football's commissioner. The respective league commissioners do that. And yes, the Big Ten has said we're going conference only. And yes, the Pac-12 has said we're going conference only. Notice that the ACC said we're waiting until the last minute to make a decision. Notice that the SEC said we're waiting until the last minute to make a decision. The Big 12. Yes, it's great to have flexibility. That's why I think, and Seth Emerson from The Athletic echoed these sentiments, That's why those leagues said we're going to do conference only because it will take a few weeks off the schedule. They will be able to ebb and flow with whatever happens this fall. Matt Daniel on Twitter said, just curious on your thoughts. What if one player gets the virus? What will happen when the rest of the team has to isolate for two weeks based on CDC guidelines? Football is a sport that needs fan interaction. I can't imagine playing the game with no band or cheering. Here's my simple answer to that. It's already happened. You read about it at LSU. You read about it at Texas. You read about it at Houston. When the guys got back on campus, there were positive tests among different teams. To me, as an outsider, it seems like their protocol has been effective this far. I'm not sure how that would differ in season. And look, as far as the band and the crowd, putting the product on the field is number one in the eyes of the decision makers. It's going to look different. And yes, you can clutch your pearls and say, but how could you put the student-athletes out there? They're not getting paid. Other professional sports leagues are getting paid. Look, I understand, but it's 2020, guys. Yes, they're student-athletes, but they're also football players. They want to play football. And if they don't want to play football, then they don't have to. I would have a very hard time believing that a university could sit there and pull a scholarship of some kid that comes out and says, you know what, for my personal safety, I don't feel good about playing college football this fall if they go ahead with the season. No, there's no way that would happen. So if a student athlete doesn't want to play college football, they can say, I'm not going to play. I think there's a reason you're not seeing that at the collegiate level. 
these guys love the game. They want to play football. Should they be getting paid? Yes, of course. We all know that. We talk about it often here. Rob Matry, my guy at Rob Matry, says logic and data have no role in our national discourse. That, that is so true. Saying pessimism in college football has spiraled to fatalism is it's hyperbole. It's outrageous. You don't have to make a decision on July 13th. It seems like July 31st, August 1st is when the decision is going to be made. And I would be shocked if we don't have college football this fall. I would be shocked. An anonymous Power 5 athletic director. Right now, I don't see a path in the current environment to how we play. A high-ranking anonymous college official. Ultimately, no one is playing football in the fall. And the only statistic that Pete Thamel brings up is with more than 70,000 positive coronavirus tests setting a one-day record this weekend. Yes, that's tragic. Yes, that's bad. But the guys are on campus working out right now. The NFL is about to go through the exact same thing, and yes, they're professionals, and yes, they get paid. They are figuring out ways to make it happen. I truly believe that. And you know what? I still truly believe that if the Pac-12 comes out and says, you know what, no football for us this fall, other leagues are going to continue to carry on. They're going to figure out a way to get football on TV, on the field, regardless of how it looks. If they don't, the entire collegiate sporting system could crumble. That is not hyperbole. That's a fact. And yesterday, the NCAA's new medical guidelines came out. And what does that mean for the hopes of college football? Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic wrote an article about it. And the document was put together in conjunction with Power 5 conferences, which are expected to adopt the recommendations and make them mandatory for league members, creating a baseline of minimum standards for the top level of college sports this fall. Nicole Auerbach writes. So what happens? Among the most important details of the document, Nicole says, are protocols for how long asymptomatic college football players who test positive for COVID-19 must isolate in-season, which is 10 days. Weekly testing in-season within 72 hours of competition, a universal masking policy, and the criteria that would need to be met for a team to suspend or discontinue its season. The biggest question as we stand on July 17th is if something were to happen like that, like if it were to grow rapidly among a team, could the necessary resources be available to treat it in the respective city that that college is? Is weekly testing enough? What about the 72-hour lag between a test and a game? Is that too risky? I mean these are all questions that people are going to have to answer. If the CDC recommends that those in close contact with someone who tests positive for COVID-19 self-quarantine for two weeks, could that knock out an entire offensive line? Great questions by Nicole. By the way, I'm reading the article. How many positive tests will shut down a game? How many should? Look, this was put together between the Power Five conferences and people who know way more about the medical field than you and I, assuming you're not a doctor. 
but it shows that they are trying to figure out a way to make it happen. I thought Seth Emerson from The Athletic, who was a guest on the podcast last Friday, brought up great points. Is travel really the issue? I don't think that's the reason why non-conference games were canceled. It was to gain that flexibility. I don't think that if we do have a season, Georgia and Georgia Tech won't play each other. Clemson and South Carolina won't play each other. They'll, They'll figure out a way. But they need the flexibility, which I totally understand. NCAA President Mark Emmert said, Today, sadly, the data point is in the wrong direction. If there is to be college sports in the fall, we need to get a much better handle on the pandemic. Yeah, that's obvious. Greg Sankey echoes those sentiments. We need to see the ability for our hospitals and healthcare systems to manage what's happening with COVID-19, Greg Sankey said. College athletes on campus should not be adding to an already burdened system. Well, it seems like they've done a pretty good job thus far. And yes, I know the majority of students aren't on campus right now, but they're trying to find a way. And for that, I commend them. And for not making a rash decision before you have to, I commend them. So I still hold out hope. Am I losing optimism? Maybe a little bit. But I still hold out hope that we will have college football this fall. How it will look, I don't know. Will there be fans? Probably not. Will there be 12 games? Who knows? What will the college football playoff look like? Hopefully it will look like something that we get to watch. Look, I know the Ivy League and the Patriot League canceled fall sports. I've seen that some Division I conferences have canceled non-revenue sports. Football brings in a ton of revenue. Nicole writes, conference commissioners, university presidents, and athletic directors know they're days and weeks away from making hard decisions that will impact the future of college sports. They also know that the hard decisions may ultimately be made for them, either by state or local officials. And she finishes this well-written article. I I would encourage you to go read it on The Athletic. As one FBS athletic director put it on Thursday, if tests and timely results become unattainable, then it all falls apart. Well, no duh. Dr. Destin Hill, who is on the Quarantine Chronicles, said exactly that. And he works NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NFL. It's all about the testing. It's all about the testing. And so far, it seems like when it comes to college football, they might have figured out a way from a testing standpoint to see if they can make this work. So Pete Thamel, I'm just going to say shame on you for writing an article with the headline as college football isn't happening in the fall. I'm going to say shame on you for saying pessimism in college football has spiraled to fatalism because the reality is not no one is playing college football in the fall. The reality is we don't know. That is the reality. We don't know, and we've got two more weeks to figure it out. So it's beyond me why the hell you would write that article, and it's beyond me why it seems a lot of people in sports media obviously fear gets clicks. Why does sports media seem to root for no football this fall? Because every other sport is chugging along.
The virus isn't going anywhere. You just need to figure out how to manage life with it. That's what true leadership is. And that's what I think college football decision makers are dealing with. My girl, Nicole, who left me a scathing review on iTunes about, hey, stop talking until there's something to talk about. She probably will not like this episode of Punt and Pass. So, Nicole, I I apologize. But to everybody else, keep your heads up. Optimism wins the day. I truly believe in that. And look, we don't have to sit here and think about the worst-case scenario. The decision is going to be made for us. Let's just all root for the decision to be a good one. I think that'd be the best. I really do. Hope you enjoyed this article. Uh, Excuse me. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm watching Tiger on PGA Tour Live right now. He's four over. Man, he's had a bad Friday morning, but um, Memorial and Muirfield Village looks tough. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Punt and Pass. I am at Drew Butler. www.puntandpass.com is coming soon. I cannot wait for college football to start. And I can't wait for good news because it is coming, people. Good news is coming. Thanks so much. Have a safe and healthy weekend, and we will talk to you later. See you.